This is the CIIS Public Programs Podcast, featuring talks and conversations recorded live by the Public Programs Department of California Institute of Integral Studies, a nonprofit university located in San Francisco on unceded Ramatush Ohlone land. This week, we are revisiting an episode originally recorded early in the COVID-19 pandemic during one of our first live streaming online events on April 23, 2020. In this episode, CIIS professor and renowned scholar Richard Tarnas shares astrological insights into the time of the COVID-19 pandemic, which he describes as a time in which there are volcanically intense evolutionary pressures for the radical reconfiguration of all life structures. Richard will be joining us live online again this year on February 5th for a sequel talk on the current state of our world and the planets in 2021. For event details and registration, visit our online winter season brochure at ciispublicevents.com. To find out more about CIIS and public programs like this one, visit our website, ciis.edu, or follow us on social media at ciispubprograms. All right, so uh, I'm Rick Tarnas, as you now know, and I uh, want to thank Alex for the introduction and CIS for hosting this event, um, it, it, uh, hosting the event both for our, our community and also for the, the larger uh, number of people around the world who, who have tuned in tonight. Um, I've taught at CIS for for 25 years and uh, been very uh, grateful for the for the home that it's offered to our our philosophy cosmology and consciousness program but also for being uh, at that kind of uh, cutting edge that is of of the of the paradigm uh, evolution in our time in so many ways and and the kind of material that we're setting forth tonight is one of those ways. Um, in in some ways, something like what we're doing tonight, where where we're we're taking a very serious look at what's happening in the heavens to help provide us with with a with a, a larger context for understanding what we're what we're going through now, and um, this this grave and, and astonishing moment, it, it calls out to many of us for, for getting a, a deeper understanding, a larger context, uh, a frame of reference that can help, help us uh, navigate our way. And, and in a way, doing something like this in our time um, can seem pretty uh, paradigm shifting or cutting edge but the fact of the matter is this what we're doing tonight has been done um, countless times over the over the millennia and the centuries uh, going back to you know it, it would happen in in ancient Babylon or in Alexandria or in Rome or in Benares uh, or in uh, Renaissance Italy or medieval Paris or Shakespearean London, uh, this this kind of reflection on and an inquiry into uh, basically trying to get a sense for which way uh, the winds are blowing. Um, 
what's the stance of the of the astral gods right now with respect to us and our our, our planet? Um, what in God's name is going down right now? I mean, so uh, I used to do a an annual state of the world uh, report, so to speak, uh, both probably a decade ago uh, each year here at CIS, and often have done it in other, at other places too, like. Uh, you know, the young, young associations around the world and places like that. But, um, and I remember particularly the, the week of 9-11, um, that concentrated everyone's minds and, and it brought m many to look for a, a larger framework of, of, of meaning and, and, and uh, understanding the timing of things and what's happening. It was actually after that that the New York publishers got in touch with me about um, could I please hurry up and finish Cosmos and Psyche. It's often under um, critical conditions that we that we open up um, to uh, we recognize our, our our need for a larger perspective. People um, are drawn towards. Uh, they would go and see a therapist. Uh, they they would come and see. Uh, they would uh, consult an astrologer. It's there has to be in a way a kind of something happens that breaks down the the armoring uh, that al allows for this larger um, one to open up to to a larger perspective. So I'm going to do my best tonight to convey what's happening, the major dynamics of. Uh, that are, are most vividly at work. And uh, astrologers have known for quite a while that this year's lineup of, of planets was something uh, very significant. Um, they've had deep concerns, of course, but also hopes. Uh, and I might add for good reason in both cases. This is a rare convergence of multiple transits uh, that that uh, that are very powerful and uh, that could go uh, a number of different ways depending on on how we uh, respond to them. We could say that the this convergence uh, we have to keep in mind as we're looking at what's going on right now. And of course, the world is hyper focused on the coronavirus uh, pandemic and what it's meaning to uh, all of us as individuals, as families, as, uh, as communities, as societies, as a civilization, uh, that's, that's very clearly uppermost. But it's also what's going on is, is taking place against the, the continuing and, and ever worsening global emergency of, of uh, the planet, of uh, climate change and the mass extinction of species. Uh, so, um, just in general, not not knowing necessarily about a pandemic coming, uh, although that has in the past, these transits have converged, uh, co coincided with uh, major pandemics. Um, but it can take many other forms. But even without the pandemic at the top of our our minds right now we were aware of the fact that what's happening in the world is, is an extremely uh, dramatic situation, which in a, in a way all of, all of human history 
the entire Earth history is is in some ways in the balance. So let's take a look uh, at, at at a chart. I'm going to just show one visual image tonight, just to kind of give you a a, a kind of clear sense of of where the the planets are, and um, and I will. For those who will be listening to this as a podcast later, I know that they're going to send this uh, image, this chart, uh, out to uh, along with the with the podcast. But I'm just going to be showing the outer five planets uh, that these are the ones that are really carrying the action right now. So let me just bring that up there. Okay, so I I believe that you can now see. At the top of your chart, uh, at the top of your screen, you'll be able to see a triple conjunction up here. That's Pluto at the very top on the right. Uh, Jupiter's right next to it. Looks like a stylized four. And then Saturn, kind of recognizable, the, the scythe, the, the cross over the um, scythe. There, that's uh, Saturn. So that's, that's huge, rare, potent. The Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn triple conjunction, particularly the Saturn Pluto conjunction. That's what everybody's talking about. It's it's got the that's where the the, the absolute gravitas, the kind of encounter with with kind of a mortal emergency uh, that that completely focuses all activity and uh, has so much shaping our our society, social life, and, and consciousness right now. That's particularly the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Uh, the Jupiter brings in a, a whole nother um, element, which I'll, I'll unpack. And then all three of these are in a square to Uranus, um, which is over here on the left. And this these four planets, these are the ones that are doing the, uh, they're the heavy hitters right now. Uh, and that's, that's where the, the drama is especially taking place. And I'll, I'll be focusing on that. Um, the, I'll give you also a little sense for the, the timing of these right now. This, um, the, the, the longer, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that I just was talking about, that began in uh, 2018, it got uh, much stronger last year, 2019, and it reached uh, ex exact alignment this year. And it will continue uh, uh, pretty strongly right through next year. Um, so that's, that's very typical of Saturn-Pluto conjunction would last that long. And we're at, the, at, at kind of the peak of it right now as Saturn will, will go back and forth, close, getting back closer to Pluto again and then going forward. Um, the, the bigger transit that is happening, that has been going on for the last uh, 12, 13, 14 years, is this Uranus square Pluto, which we're moving right to the very end of now. That square of Uranus to Pluto, that's, that's the one where all the kind of revolutionary uh, changes, the emancipatory movements, the the, uh, the, the drive for radical reform. Uh, we'll unpack that uh, uh, very soon, but also many other qualities of the, of the, of the last uh, 10, 15 years, the, the, the hyperspeed of the technological advance, the, the uh, widespread uh, movements of, of, 
social protest and um, impulses for uh, freedom. And uh, at the same time, it can arouse um, kind of mob energies, a kind of collective id uh, uh, with uh, very problematic uh, elements like the, the, the will to power. And then um, the, the, the Jupiter uh, coming into the triple conjunction, that, be, that is basically that uh, conjunction to both Pluto and Saturn is, is basically a transit for this year. It started at the beginning of this year, January, and it's, it's going, it will go into the beginning of next year. Um, so that one's a shorter transit. Uh, it has, that Jupiter brings in, it tends to kind of expand and give a more global reach, international quality to whatever it's touching. In this case, the, the, the enormous contraction of history that the Saturn-Pluto conjunction represents. But it also, um, it can bring in greater elements of um, benevolence or, or uh, generosity or uh, uh, faith in a, in, a, in, in a positive outcome, et cetera. It can also, it tends to, especially with Pluto, it tends to bring in um, a, a quality of high, high drama um, and uh, kind of geopolitical high drama is very characteristic of it. And then the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, also very important. Uh, this is social justice issues tend to come right to the, 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 uh, the surface with that between the, the Jupiterian impulse for well, Saturn related to um, poverty, for example, deficit, lack of uh, lack of resources, and so forth. Jupiter being, it can be wealth, it can be uh, the the elevated parts of society, and and uh, when it combines with other dimensions of the Saturn Pluto, which have to do with um, moral uh, principle and and uh, jurisprudence and um, social justice issues uh, with Pluto driving this to tremendous intensity, all sorts of things that have been going on for a long time, such as the vast uh, social inequality that uh, our society is um, dominated by, riven by, uh, is just being compelled to the surface with kind of extremely potent uh, force right now with the Plutonic uh, uh, impulse right there. So I'll talk about each of these in more detail and, and their meanings, but I just wanted to give you a sense for this triple conjunction up here at the top of the chart uh, I, and uh, the squares to Uranus. Neptune too is, is uh, got some interesting action going on, which I'll, I'll mention in the, in the course of, uh, of the next hour. But um, I, I wanna fo mainly focus at this point on the, the, the action between these four uh, really um, intensively constellated dynamic energies. Okay, so I'm going to stop the share now and uh, come back. Okay, so um, I, one thing I didn't mention is that about two months ago, Mars crossed into that triple conjunction there. And uh, that's a, that reached a kind of trigger point uh, a couple right right as the as the pandemic was reaching a trigger point mars which often serves as a 
uh, what's, what we call a trigger transit because it, it moves faster. It tends to uh, kind of assertively, energetically push things into action that are already in the wings, so to speak, but it, it, it drives forward. Uh, Mars came right across that starting a couple months ago, just as the, uh, as the pandemic started really cresting in, in uh, world significance. And, uh, and it really has, for up until, um, for most of these last two months, it's been right in that triple conjunction. And it's just now uh, been leaving. And uh, it's, it was uh, and, and squaring Uranus as well uh, during that time, which brings in a whole, whole other thing as well. So uh, now I'd like to unpack a bit uh, each of these for you and how, the, how they're combining and a little more about their timing. But if I were to try to sum up in a single sentence um, the, the current moment, uh, taking in the convergence of, of these four planets working together and, uh, and the archetypal energies that they reflect, I would basically say that this is um, a time in which there are volcanically intense evolutionary pressures for the radical reconfiguration of, of all life structures. Um, that's basically it. Uh, I mean, that's not it about in terms of all <laughs> that's happening, but that is, that is a, a headline that does a fairly good job of summarizing the, uh, the kind of central through line or, or a vector of, of what, we, what we have going here right now. So a few background principles um, to keep in mind. It's just so uh, important to do this in our time when the, you know, many, many people are not already initiated into the astrological perspective. I imagine that, uh, I know there's about 500 people on, the, on this uh, webinar tonight. Uh, uh, and even uh, more than that number have signed up to receive it afterwards uh, across the ocean and on the East Coast and so forth to be able to watch it. And I can't expect that all of you necessarily have already kind of been initiated into the astrological mystery, have a uh, knowledge of all the, uh, some of the basic principles with which either astrologers in general work, but particularly the kind of analysis that we in our uh, community, uh, the California Institute of Integral Studies, um, the Archetypal Research Con uh, Collective, um, the, this, this work began about 40 years ago with uh, Stan Groff and myself at, at Esalen Institute, and uh, it's just this kind of grown since then. And what we have found are certain fundamental uh, principles that are important to keep in mind when we do this kind of analysis that came after you know, years of watching it, uh, how, how it works. Uh, the first thing is these planets don't uh, work as if in a kind of, uh, through a kind of linear mechanistic causality, as if the planets are making things happen here through electromagnetic magnetic radiation or, or uh, gravity, gravity or, or like billiard balls uh, hitting each other in, in a kind of Newtonian way. It's, it's not like that. It's rather uh, 
it, it seems to reflect something more like a universe that is profoundly integrated, um, celestial and ter terrestrial, um, human and more than human, uh, psyche and cosmos. It's integrated all the way down. And it seems that the movements of the planets have, have a kind of ongoing orchestrated uh, correlation with the um, archetypal patterns and movements of, of human experience. And that relationship seems to be well described uh, in, in Jung's notion of synchronicity. Uh, he himself studied astrology for most of his lifetime, it became quite practiced with it, used it with, with his uh, patients in, in his practice um, right, to the, right to the end. Uh, more in, and increasingly so, and he uh, it, and this helped influence his his notion of synchronicity, where the archetypes could be reflected in external events as well as what's going on in people's interior life, their dreams, their their visions, their their emotional states could uh, find reflections in things that could not be readily recognized as having been kind of caused from uh, there. There wasn't like a causal relationship between the two that could be recognized. The ancient Greeks would be, would be able to talk about, well, there's a, it's a, there's a formal cause, causal relationship, that's the archetypal quality, and then there's a final cause relationship, namely that there seems to be purposes that are unfolding through these. Um, they had a broader, as Aristotle in particular, had a broader comprehension of what causality was. But just, uh, well, we moderns have largely, since the uh, scientific revolution, kind of compressed causality uh, down to uh, mechanistic causality, at least until quantum physics got into the picture. Um, so I uh, really, one of the finest um, descriptions of this notion of how the planets are connected is from Plotinus, uh, the great uh, Neoplatonic philosopher from, uh, the, uh, from, the, from the ancient uh, Roman Hellenistic period, he said, the stars are like letters which inscribe themselves at every moment in the sky. Everything in the world is full of signs. All, all events are coordinated. All things depend on each other. As has been said, everything breathes together. That's the key idea, everything breathes together. And Jung said uh, in his Memories, Dreams, Reflections at the, near the end of his life, he said, our psyche is set up in accord with the structure of the universe. And what happens in the macrocosm likewise happens in the infinitesimal and most subjective reaches of the psyche. So that's basically the, uh, the kind of causal framework. That, uh, and, and, and one other key principle to keep in mind, this is not a deterministic system. It's not fatalistic. And this has to do with the very nature of archetypes. These energies are very powerful. They're numinous. They, they, they shape and inform things, um, uh, both in the interior psyche and the, and the outer world. Uh, and each of these archetypes has a distinctive, uh, if complex, character. But they have um, a kind of rainbow, iridescent variation of possible manifestations. They, they are multivalent. They can be enacted in multiple ways. 
uh, and our agency, our uh, our capacity to exert our will and uh, bring in our intelligence and our our uh, insight and so forth. Those uh, our agency plays a role in uh, how our how these archetypal energies will manifest themselves. It's it's not like a one-way system. It's a participatory a participatory um, dynamic. And because the archetypes, as you'll see, has this range of potential manifestations from light to shadow, uh, from uh, very life-enhancing to destructive, <clears throat> uh, trivial to profound, because they have all these different ways, um, that's why astrology, I think, properly understood, is not concretely predictive. Rather, it is archetypally predictive. If you can get the difference, it's not concretely predictive; it's archetypally predictive. It doesn't tell us that uh, this um, particular strain of coronavirus is going to emerge in uh, December in China and then start spreading through the world in in 2000 uh, uh, through or 2020 through much of the rest of the uh, world. But it does say the Saturn-Pluto conjunction along with the square to Uranus and so forth, does say sudden, very challenging events that can bring a, an extraordinary confrontation with mortality on a collective scale uh, is uh, quite uh, uh, very much one of the uh, possible manifestations of this particular archetypal complex. But again, the more consciousness we can bring to the table, the more courage, the more self-awareness, uh, uh, the more in, uh, intelligence and imagination and compassion that we can bring in to uh, participating in these um, very powerful archetypal forces that are working through the world right now, then the more free we are to, to um, and more, the more skillful we can be as in, in receiving and participating in these in these energies that are coming through us and and around us. Okay, so uh, what I'd like to now do is to um, let's let's first focus on that Saturn Pluto. I'll, I'll spend a few minutes on each of the big uh, archetypal combinations. The the planets when they come into hard aspect alignment, hard aspect being like the conjunction, the square, the opposition. Um, these are the dynamic aspects. They're the alignments with respect to the earth that really uh, uh, tend to make things happen. And they also tend to require more, mm, uh, they put more demands on us. We, ha we have to kind of rise to the occasion compared to the softer aspects like the trine, the sextile, 120 degrees, 60 degrees. Those tend to just kind of flow in and don't, uh, and, you you can work with them or not, but they're they're kind of like opportunities that you can run with. They're gifts, but the hard aspects tend they they demand, uh, and they are also the ones that um, record as a result of what they demand. They make the difference in they they are what shape our character and our personal lives. They are what shape a uh, a generation's character, um, and they 
are the periods that we look back on in history, which I hope that we all can look back on this period in history as, uh, as a time when we rose to the occasion or when we uh, were able to make profound transformational uh, actions and put in uh, uh, new structures uh, for society, uh, for uh, economics, for our ecological relationship to the, to the rest of the earth community our, and, and our own psychological structures and our, our, our ways of structuring our daily lives. In all those ways, um, if we meet, uh, if we have to do, we have to work with these, they're going to, they're going to affect us one way or another, but the more we can be conscious of what's going on, uh, and the more we uh, don't deny or uh, suppress or project onto others, uh, scapegoat, et cetera, then the more um, uh, fruitful will be this time in a very, very important way. So let me say some of the things about the, the, um, the current Saturn-Pluto uh, con conjunction. And, uh, and again, this is the one that began uh, it began about two years ago, but it got much stronger last year and this year, uh, and uh, we're kind of at, at a at a crest of peak right now. And um, I'm going to uh, describe people get these transits as personal transits too, and that lasts. Uh, uh, they they depending on which transit it is, Saturn to Pluto or Pluto going across one's natal Saturn. Um, you get these as a personal transit when they cross your personal chart, uh, your birth chart. But, uh, and that can happen e at any time, uh, either let's say Pluto or Saturn might cross the other planet in your natal chart. And then you'd get this kind of energy for a few months or, or for even uh, several years. Uh, but what is happening now is that the entire collective psyche is being uh, informed by this powerful Saturn-Pluto conjunction. It's, that's why we call it a world transit. The, what I showed you on the screen there is, a, is something that, that Saturn-Pluto is conjoined for everyone in the world. It, the, the world keeps spinning, uh, and so that Saturn-Pluto may be overhead or rising or at the base of the, you know, at the midnight position or uh, might, might be setting. Uh, in different parts of the world at any given time, but everybody is within the embrace, so to speak, of that, uh, or the grip would be a better term for the Saturn-Pluto, of that, um, of that uh, conjunction. And so that's a world transit. Now, the thing about world transits is that they're also going across everybody's individual charts in their own individual way. Each person's getting their own inflection, their own version of these that has a lot, it depends so much on your own um, life and character uh, and uh, personal birth chart, uh, which kind of is 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 carrying the the deeper um, kind of formational qualities of your of your of your being. Um, so we each participate in this whole in different ways, and yet with big world transits like this, we're all. Um, we're all immersed in a larger collective gestalt, a zeitgeist that is, is very much um, 
it's in the air. Everybody knows it. Everybody can feel it. Uh, and uh, so, and, and that's what we're focusing on right now. So here are some of the um, characteristic Saturn-Pluto uh, archetypal qualities. There's often a sense of the environment as, uh, as dangerous or the world as a dangerous place. Certainly, uh, there's, a, there's a sense of confronting dire circumstances or a sense of life or of the environment um, being such that, that, one, that one feels the need for erecting uh, protective barriers or boundaries, uh, uh, extreme security precautions fortifying borders, uh, increased regulations and, and restrictive laws, even uh, draconian measures. This is very, this happens regularly with Saturn-Pluto aspects. For example, um, under the very last Saturn-Pluto opposition, see we're in the conjunction now, which is like the, the new moon position when like when the sun and moon come together. See, we're at the, that's the end of the lunar cycle and the beginning of the next one. Well, we're at the end of the of this Saturn-Pluto cycle and the beginning of the next one right now. That's both a, a kind of dying and a birthing, uh, which is extremely relevant to the archetypal nature of uh, these two planets, which I'll get into in a sec. But in terms of that impulse for uh, uh, feeling that there's something in the environment that has, is, is dangerous, predatory, invasive, uh, and the need to put up boundaries, structures, regulations, uh, security measures. That's what, um, that's what is uh, in, under the opposition of Saturn and Pluto. The last one was from 2001 to 2004. And 9-11 uh, happened right at that, you know, just as it was really coming into, into uh, tight alignment. And um, in with the whole, all the anti-terrorist measures that got put into place uh, then, and also the whole political uh, reality of the Bush-Cheney administration, that kind of radical conservative empowerment or reactionary empowerment uh, uh, combined to set in motion um, all sorts of, let's say, security measures uh, uh, by which we are still living every time we go to the airport, for example. Um, there also can be, I'm going to, I'm focusing right now on some of the more challenging elements of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. I'm going to unpack, there's a lot of very good things that one, that come with this as well, but uh, I don't want to um, just jump to that without <laughs> admitting the, um, addressing directly the, the, uh, the elephant in the room, well, the dragon in the room, <laughs> which is the, um, uh, the conditions that we are facing today, uh, in, in, and this is that that feeling of, of we're in a very dire situation. There can also be a feeling of being trapped or imprisoned, uh, being forced underground, for example. Uh, and of course, millions of people are feeling uh, claustrophobically enclosed right now, um, because Saturn has to do uh, with with uh, Saturn is the principle of limit, of constriction, of, uh, of reacting uh, and setting up uh, boundaries. It has to do with the, um, it has to do with illness, aging, 
mortality, uh, um, anxiety. It has to do, it's in a sense, like all the things that are, uh, Saturn is the archetype of the problematic aspect of life, okay? I mean, it's much more than that too. I mean, Saturn is not only uh, the skeleton and the skull that are the symbol of death, uh, it is the skeleton uh, that uh, allows us to stand up straight, uh, that gives us a backbone, that gives us um, a capacity to stand uh, for what we believe in. Okay, it's, it's both heavy, heavy like uh, lead, um, but it's also, uh, and grave, and, but it's also the gravitas of, of moral gravitas, the, the gravitas uh, and, and wisdom that comes from experience. Uh, uh, that comes from uh, the the capacity to uh, to be able to speak with authority has to come from experience and from suffering and from time, chronos, time, uh, age, aging. Um, all those are part of the Saturn complex. Pluto's nature which is this kind of volcanic energy that is like the, the, the overwhelming intensity of the, of the volcano, of the hurricane, of the, um, it's it, from the depths, it's Pluto, Hades, Dionysus are these great uh, Greek uh, gods that uh, combined carry a lot of the, the, the powerful meaning of um, what we astrologically call Pluto, the, the, uh, the elemental energies of life that are both uh, destructive and creative, regenerative. Um, it it is is very connected to Freud's id, uh, to uh, Nietzsche's will to power and Schopenhauer's will. It, it, it's uh, in the myth, mythic terms. It's it's like the Hawaiian goddess Pele or the uh, the certain qualities of the Indian uh, goddess. Uh, Kali and also the god uh, Shiva, the, 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 these gods of basically uh, death and rebirth, destruction and, and regeneration. Uh, all that's Pluto. And Pluto, whatever it touches, tends to drive with tremendous intensity, whatever other archetype it's in, in interaction with. It tends to uh, tremendously empower and impel uh, to uh, overwhelming um, proportions that can uh, also become uh, destructive as well as deeply empowering. So uh, when you put these together, together you, we see these are periods of like confronting mortality on a, on a large scale, which for example, everybody did with 9-11 um, and in the period after that, in the Iraq war, the Afghanistan war, it's still been going on all this time. Um, both world wars, World War I, 1914, World War II, 1939, began <clears throat> under Saturn, Pluto, and hard aspect. Those were especially uh, intense and heavy uh, versions of them, of the Saturn-Pluto cycle, uh, because they happened on each side of the, um, this is our best sense of it, is that they happened on each side of the discovery of Pluto, which in 1930 and and that whole period had this kind of plutonic uh, um, kind of er eruption from the underworld um, and the uh, great powerful evolutionary forces and the violence that, and uh, 
the nuclear energies that got released and, and, and so forth. Um, but we've, we're, we've got a lot of that now. And I might just mention on the side, the United States in particular has been getting an especially uh, heavy duty version of the plutonic over, over the last few years because um, the United States is going through its Pluto return. That is, Pluto's whole cycle takes uh, almost 250 years to go around once. And you know how people go through their Saturn return between age 28 and 30 and all sorts of classic Saturn things happen. It's a period of you know, real maturation. It's a maturational threshold, the ending of, of, of youth and the beginning of one's adult uh, uh, responsibilities or uh, I mean, all sorts of ways it can come through. But we're going through the country, the United States, it's going through its Pluto return, uh, which no individual would ever go through, um, uh, at least at this point, living that long a period. Uh, and uh, it's quite remarkable, I mean, with this, how plutonic, um, I mean, in 2016, when the Trump election happened, Pluto also happened to be opposing the U.S. sun at that point. This is the July 4th, 1776 birth chart of the U.S. that's widely used. And uh, I mean, it's just like the, uh, the jaws of Hades in some sense opened up and pulled the soul of America, Persephone, into, into the depths of the underworld. It abducted Persephone. Uh, and um, in a sense, the country has been uh, reeling from, from that event and recognizing um, the, the kind of plutonic shadow that exists in our country and having to confront it as uh, in a way that one doesn't have to confront if one doesn't have that kind of person in, in, the, in the leadership. Um, so that was also taking place against the backdrop of the big Uranus square Pluto period uh, that, you know, that we were getting so many more oh, kind of hopeful signs like having uh, the first African-American uh, um, president and, and family in the White House at the, in, the, in the beginning part of this Uranus Square Pluto, uh, the Occupy movements, um, uh, the uh, Bernie uh, uh, and um, Elizabeth Warren's candidacies and, and having uh, women um, presidential candidates like Hillary Clinton, all these were classic uh, expressions of the Uranus Pluto energy, which uh, is in a positive way, can is what I mentioned. Pluto impels and drives whatever it touches, but in this case, it's Uranus, uh, that Uranian Promethean energy, which is tends to bring sudden, unexpected changes that can be very liberating, ref, um, uh, reformist, um, and uh, opening up to new horizons, and. Let me say a little bit more about the Saturn-Pluto and then get back to this bigger Uranus-Pluto transit that, we're, that we've also been, that is in the kind of deep background of what we're going through. Uh, so confronting mortality, Saturn-Pluto, confronting mortality on a large scale, the atmosphere of doom, um, apocalyptic anxieties, um, which relative to the, th these are often like now relative to the uh, COVID-19, um, pandemic, but 
it speaks ultimately and more deeply to the to the uh, global um, uh, climate change uh, crisis and the and the vast destruction and kind of apocalyptic atmosphere uh, that has been uh, emerging uh, decade after decade. But really, under these periods, Saturn Pluto they tend to come to the fore with great force, and it comes to and people become much more conscious of it. And people who are born under under Saturn Pluto periods, like uh, uh, Greta Thunberg uh, or um, Thomas Berry or uh, Rachel Carson, they carry this this uh, awareness of the need to protect uh, uh, nature and uh, against uh, depredation. You see that Saturn Pluto goes both ways: protect against nature, which is in some sense what uh, the, the uh, lockdown is doing. Very Saturn Pluto word lockdown. So is uh, the whole area of incarceration, imprisonment. Why, why the focus on prisons, incarceration, prison reform is so uppermost right now over these last uh, recent years with the, as, as, that's very typical under Saturn Pluto. Um, and then uh, there's, the, there's the armored personality, there's the buffered self that goes with Saturn Pluto. The attempt to control nature within and without, um, also efforts to uh, to kind of resist human exploitation of the environment. Um, these are all because Saturn has to do with um, loss or deficits, lack, uh, the going down, the, the depression. Um, and when it comes in, and, and Pluto-Saturn periods often bring major recessions um, uh, or depressions, sometimes psychological, but also uh, economic, economic losses, and also the need to erect structural reforms to control um, kind of wildly irresponsible financial actors. That's another, that's a positive side of the Saturn-Pluto, to regulate the free market. Um, see, Freedom isn't always just life enhancing. Freedom can also be irresponsible and havoc producing and very uh, uh, narcissistic. And Saturn Pluto at its best puts on, puts in like wise regulation, uh, for example, to, ameli uh, to ameliorate um, injustice or severe economic hardship. Um, now, this theme of financial uh, re depressions uh, or recessions, we've seen more than the usual amount of this in the last um, 12 years because Saturn, this is one of the, this is one of the rare times that this Saturn-Pluto hard aspect is also in there with Uranus, which tends to catalyze suddenly and drop, in this case, drop the bottom out of like the market. And the, the so we had the Saturn, Uranus, Pluto, T-square, that is those three planets, um, Saturn opposite Uranus, Pluto halfway between, between 2008 and 2011. And that was the, uh, that coincided with the great uh, economic uh, collapse, financial banks, uh, uh, unemployment around the world, et cetera, that, we, that really played a big role in constellating the uh, the quality of uh, 
life after that, and it affected the politics, including the, the rise of um, forms of uh, like xenophobic uh, uh, populism and uh, authoritarian uh, impulses that, that get uh, aroused. And this, that Saturn-Uranus-Pluto T-square of the 2008 to 2011 period, that was the only one of T-square of those three planets since 1929 to 33, which was the last time there was a, a sudden global financial collapse. Uh, and um, that in turn totally shaped the next, uh, uh, the, re the rest of the 30s, which was um, the last time Uranus and Pluto were square. Uh, yeah, the Uranus-Pluto square from like 1928 to 37. And then we had the conjunction all through the 60s which is that more 60s and early 70s energy, the Uranus-Pluto conjunction of the empowerment of the impulse for, for freedom and for radical change and the new and, uh, and so forth. And now we're, we've been getting the square of these. So I'm kind of interweaving both the Saturn-Pluto and the Uranus-Pluto. Now it's pretty rare that you get Saturn twice coming into hard aspect during one of these longer you know, uh, 10, 15 year Saturn, uh, Uranus, Pluto periods. But this is one of them. We got it at the beginning, 2008 to 11, near the beginning, and we're getting it right at the very end. Uh, and we were aware that if, if we didn't uh, go through the big fundamental structural changes, social, economic, ecological, that were so clearly needed, uh, when the when the the various collapses happen, this is also the time of the uh, uh, the, the Japanese um, uh, nuclear disaster and earthquake and and uh, um, tsunami uh, and and many other things that were uh, requiring us to rethink our our, our mode of life, and that uh, happened um, if. What, what you get with these cycles is that if you don't respond adequately uh, to what's needed, then the next time, in this case, Saturn comes into the hard aspect, and in this case, the conjunction, the climax of the cycle, then the chickens come home to roost. Uh, this, this is when the screws tighten. It's when the reality principle, Saturn, gets driven into our, our lives with just ruthless intensity. Uh, uh, by the plutonic uh, impulse. Um, okay, I want to say a few words about uh, uh, the Saturn-Pluto, very um, positive things that you can do with these energies and that uh, are, are visible in the people who are born with these aspects and, and carry it, uh, it through their lives in noble ways. Uh, often, by the way, there's a feeling of carrying the weight of history on their on their shoulders um, and having a great work uh, to, that they have to do, Thomas Berry's phrase. Uh, but I think of um, Greta Thunberg with uh, carrying the weight of history and that seriousness that she carries in her face. That's the Saturn. Saturn is serious. It's the spirit of gravity, uh, and it's exactly. I mean, she's just like what's exactly been called for out of the out of the um, depths of the collective psyche uh, to have a figure like her speak truth to power. Um, 
So a capacity for sustained effort and determination, that's, that's something that Saturn-Pluto can uh, tends to constellate for people. Uh, capacity for intense focus and, and discipline to direct your will and mobilize resources and personal energies on behalf of a purpose, uh, of, of, a, of a chosen purpose for sustained periods of time, um, as in the hard labor of birth, for example. Uh, and if you think about, I mean, Saturn is labor, Saturn is contraction, and Pluto propels and drives with volcanic, all the elemental energies of nature. That's what a birth labor is about. The, the, the mother feels the potency of, the, of nature's energies moving through her that are simultaneously propelling in a Plutonic way, but contracting in a Saturn way. And uh, these two together are like basically the aspect of, of, of birth, but they are, they also, um, there's, it's a combination of like the, uh, of, a, of a death contraction, a dying to the old identity, a dying to the old, uh, to the womb, and a separation from that past and a, and a, and a tremendous propulsion through contraction uh, into uh, another mode of being, into a new identity, into a new organism, a birth. Uh, so these, I'll just say that the, the three planets I've been talking about, there's two, the Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto, the, they are the archetypal complex that rules the death-rebirth process. Uh, and it, they're very potent historically and psychologically. And it's no accident that the two uh, psychologists, uh, depth psychologists of the last century who most um, grasped the, uh, the Saturn-Pluto, um, sorry, they most grasped the fundamental nature of the, of the death-rebirth process, the death-rebirth mystery psychologically, uh, elementally, archetypally, were, were C.G. Jung and Stan Groff. And they were born, they were, they were born uh, in 1875 in Jung's case, 1931 in Stan Groff's case, and they both uh, were born with that T-square of Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto. By the way, there was another, that was the only other major global financial crash prior to the Great Depression of uh, 1929 and the 30s was in the 1873 to 76 period. They called it the long recession um, uh, around the world, uh, the financial collapse. And anyway, but Jung was born with that. And both Jung and, uh, and Groff have a profound understanding of what is at stake with these, this tremendous um, threshold of transformation that to become oneself in the individuation process, to, to go through uh, a dying to the old identity and a spiritual, psychological rebirth, um, it's, it's not just a kind of, uh, well, if you just kind of accept that the rain, little rain has to fall sometimes, and then you're going to have nice things like flowers. It's not like that. It's, it's far more grave. Uh, and uh, titanically uh, demanding, dying the, when 
Jung writes about it in the Red Book, or when uh, uh, Stan Groff um, describes the, uh, the, the, the ego death and the perinatal process, he's, they're talking about the dark night of the soul. They're talking about facing the hardest conditions of, of life, the, 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 the darkest, most um, uh, demanding, and uh, even facing not just danger, but facing the shadow, facing evil, and really care, taking, taking it on and, and allow, allowing the, it's an initiatory process. And um, the, many of us have for a while been conscious of the fact that we are, uh, as a species, as a planet, as a civilization, we're going through a profound rite of passage, an initiatory transformation. We're in the crucible right now. More and more people are becoming aware of it. It's been going on for a while, but it's just kind of reaching uh, extreme uh, intensity and uh, right now. And the drama is, could hardly be more taut, but it probably is going to get more taut. And um, there is a, a profound sense of uncertainty that always accompanies any, uh, any transformation of, on that scale of an initiatory uh, rite of passage. You have to have uncertainty about the outcome. You have to feel that everything is on the line or else uh, it won't have psychological power. It won't produce the profound moral reconfiguration of one's life that facing death does. There's nothing like uh, an encounter with death to uh, reconfigure one's moral values. And you really have to feel it's on the line for that, to, that life is on the line for that to happen. And in a way, our civilization today, today, now, has more of an opportunity to go through this transformation than it ever has before. Uh, and so um, those of us who, and I know so many of you uh, who are listening tonight, have devoted your lives to going through this kind of transformation within your own individual life journeys, but also as part of a collective uh, effort to make, uh, to transform our world and to enter into a more life-enhancing relationship with the larger uh, Earth community and to come into contact with the great uh, deeper meanings and purposes of our ensouled cosmos. And uh, this, is, this is our time in many ways. Um, okay, a, a, a few more things here. There's a capacity for a great uh, thrift and or conservation of resources, for greater organizational uh, uh, disciplines, um, heavy construction, rebuilding things from the ground up, uh, the capacity for extraordinary physical or mental discipline, um, character building, forging uh, structures and habits that will endure. These, this is a time for, this is, this is a time to do heavy lifting. Um, what you put into place, what you work hard on, the hard labor right now of your, in your life, can set up structures that will last for the rest of your life. Um, and so take the opportunity. 
and um, okay, and I, I, I think, let's see, I think I, oh, on the problematic side, I wanna just point out, there is a tendency under these alignments to um, project shadow and evil onto others and demonization, uh, judgment, uh, j'accuse uh, moments, uh, great trials, uh, psychological splitting, othering, scapegoating. All those are things to be very, very conscious of. And that's why the greater the psychological um, uh, awareness that we bring to it, the better. Um, the, the bigger background of this Uranus-Pluto, I'll say just a couple more words about the Uranus-Pluto, um, huge alignment that we've been going through for the last 15 years, approximately. There's gonna be a film documentary series coming out called uh, Changing of the Gods that had uh, uh, pioneers, uh, uh, Kenny Ossible and uh, Louis Schwartzberg and Max de Arman and Theo uh, Badashi from our own philosophy, cosmology, and consciousness program have all been working on, and this they're going to be doing this uh, on the entire um, period that uh, of the Uranus-Pluto. It's going to be focused on this Uranus-Pluto period and all the, the powerful um, movements towards uh, world transformation, social, political, ecological, uh, psychological, um, etc. That have been so evident over these last 12 uh, to 15 years, also the hyper-technological advance, et cetera. This, that cycle is the one that connects us to the 60s, whole period from 60 to 72, um, and all the you know, tremendous uh, social and political and ecological movements that happened, uh, that originated then in many ways, are coming to a new, uh, a new level of empowerment right now. But so also are, is the shadow side of the 60s. Um, we have to remember, I mean, that's when Nixon became president. It's when uh, great uh, forces of, 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 of uh, reaction uh, came in and, and racism and um, uh, on a, on a, in, in new ways and um, patriarchal uh, resistance to the feminist uh, tr um, uh, awakening and so forth. So, but it tends to happen on a mass level. And if we go back to, of course, it's easy to see all these energies at work in that classic case of the Uranus-Pluto alignment uh, of the French Revolution, 1787 to 98. Everything was there. The, the entire eruption of the emancipatory impulse and also the shadow of the uh, violence and the will to power that can get in, mixed in with the revolutionary uh, impulse. In a way, the Rolling Stones who carry this energy so much with the, uh, you know, their, their great music from the 1960s, you take songs like uh, Street Fighting Man um, or uh, Give Me Shelter or Sympathy for the Devil, um, Midnight Rambler, they are carrying in all these different ways the everywhere I hear the sound of marching, charging feet. Uh, the time is right for palace revolution. I shout and scream. I kill the king. I rail at all his servants. That's the, uh, my, my name is called disturbance. We, today, people would say my name is called disruption. That's, that's the energy that we've been working with over these uh, the, the, this last uh, 12, 15 years or so. 
and that the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is now just bringing in the reality principle and uh, the great kind of threshold that we, that we need to cross with, with considerable courage. Um, let me just say something. I mentioned Jupiter in there. Jupiter conjoining Pluto uh, and, well, the entire configuration, I'll just say Jupiter tends to bring in more of a, um, of a kind of expansive uh, quality, more global. Uh, I mentioned kind of it tends to bring in a quality of high drama, uh, of geopolitical um, power uh, dynamics. Uh, it can bring at its best profound um, capacity for leadership, and uh, which we're seeing, obviously not in uh, uh, certain um, highly placed um, venues, but on the on on at the level of civil society, at the level of of, of governors in our own country and of of uh, um, the medical profession, and uh, like a, a greater, deeper confidence and and uh, in, inner kind of moral strength to to bring up a, a, a transformation and a regeneration and a rebirth to to uh, our time. Um, that's um, you know, people like uh, Lincoln, for example, was born with that Jupiter-Pluto conjunction and really carried it, or FDR, um, many others I could, I could mention, but they just jumped to mind. Um, and so, um, but it also can bring in an inflation. It can bring in like authoritarian uh, regimes can make power grabs under this, uh, on, on, under the crisis atmosphere that uh, and expand their authoritarian uh, will to power. That's, that's a shadow side of that. And then the Jupiter-Saturn, I alluded to it a little bit, but that, that combination, it tends to really bring in, I mean, just, I'm sure every person listening tonight is conscious of how much, uh, how many people are out there right now who are on the front lines um, who are doing the things that are absolutely crucial to keep the, the, the um, human experiment afloat and are radically underpaid or dismissed or kept uh, at the, you know, not given adequate health care um, uh, or health care uh, insurance at all, uh, who are not, um, who are not even welcomed into the country, but oh yeah, now we need you, that kind of thing. Um, social justice and injustice issues tend to get pressed to the surface with great intensity when you've got Pluto right on it. And so this is like the time to think through social justice and programs of, of, uh, of, of uh, social transformation on, on all levels. Um, uh, the feminist, uh, the uh, LGBTQ, um, race, uh, ethnicity, um, uh, class, poverty, uh, and then the international community, uh, which is uh, so radically un unbalanced as well uh, in, in terms of um, wealth and justice, injustice. I mentioned that Neptune's doing something. I'm almost at the end here, and then I'm going to open up to uh, questions. Um, Neptune's in a, uh, besides the ongoing sextile with uh, Pluto and that and the and the triple conjunction that's been going that that sextile lasts about a hundred years. That's a kind of ongoing thing. I won't talk about that right now. But um, 
Neptune is in a semi-square with Uranus right now, and uh, that's a much shorter uh, transit. Um, and that has a lot to do with a kind of altering of consciousness uh, that can be disorienting. It, you see it at times of like, for example, I mean, the, the entire, in some ways, we've all gone through the looking glass in the last um, uh, uh, two months. Um, the, it's, like, it's just like this reality shift has brought about a consciousness shift that, is, that can be disorienting. Um, also, the amount of time that people are spending on the electronic uh, image, the screen, the high-tech uh, way of communicating. It's very Uranus-Neptune. Um, all the Zoom meetings and teachings and so forth. Uh, all the, uh, also, uh, everybody that's watching um, Netflix movies every night or uh, uh, streaming uh, films and stuff. And, and there can be an escapist tendency to it as well. But there also can be a, uh, uh, I mean, we really see how much the infrastructure that has been created technically, technologically, over the last um, uh, 20 years or so, uh, and just so accelerated with social media and, and uh, the internet in, in, in the last uh, 15 years uh, has given us a kind of lifeline of communication in so many uh, uh, life-enhancing benign ways that we can be grateful for uh, as we continue to be conscious of all the ways in which it uh, may not be quite so um, uh, un unprob unproblematic. Um, let me uh, finish with, with um, a quotation from um, a, a couple people whom I, I, I greatly admire for our time. One is uh, Joanna Macy. And Joanna, uh, whose birthday is just coming up here in, in the next few days, 91 years old, great, great teacher of our time. And she said um, this, out of this darkness, a new world can arise, not to be constructed by our minds so much as to emerge from our dreams. Even though we cannot see clearly how it's going to turn out, we are still called to let the future into our imagination. We will never be able to build what we have not first cherished in our hearts. This is a dark time filled with suffering and uncertainty. Like living cells in a larger body, it's natural to feel the trauma of our world. So don't be afraid of the anguish you feel or the anger or the fear for these responses arise from the depth of your caring and the truth of your interconnectedness with all beings. To suffer with is the literal meaning of compassion. Many people don't get involved in the great turning because there are so many different issues which seem to compete with each other. Shall I save the whales or help battered children? The truth is that all aspects of the current crisis reflect the same mistake, setting ourselves apart and using others for our gain. So to heal one aspect helps the others to heal as well. Just find what you love to work on and take joy in that. Never try to do it alone link up with others. You'll spark each other's ideas and sustain each other's energy. Um, I, I think, you know, she's a woman of great, uh, great wisdom who I think we can um, keep in mind these words with, with great uh, help um, as a great aid to us right now. Um, this is from Václav Havel. 
uh, the great um, dissident in, against the uh, communist government in Czechoslovakia, and then he became president in, in uh, 1990. And, uh, and then he came, he was part of Stan Gross' generation there in Prague, and he came here to Stanford and gave a talk uh, uh, about, what, 26 years ago, 1994. And uh, Stan and I were there, and he actually addressed Stan's uh, work uh, and the kind of universal, universal meaning of, of Gross' um, uh, psychological findings and practice. And, but he, he said these words that have always stuck with me ever since. He said, planetary democracy does not yet exist, but our global civilization is already preparing a place for it. It is the very earth we inhabit linked with heaven above us. Only in this setting can the mutuality and the commonality of the human race be newly created with reverence and gratitude for that which transcends each of us and all of us together. The authority of a world democratic order simply cannot be built on anything else but the revitalized authority of the universe. The authority of a world democratic order simply cannot be built on anything else but the revitalized authority of the universe. Havel was, was very, he was a prophet and he, he, he saw this clearly and um, I think these are important, it's important to uh, keep in mind. Those of you who want more resources for getting more uh, uh, information along this line, I know I've kind of compressed a lot into the last uh, hour and a half, um, but you could go to the cosmosandpsyche.com website, cosmosandpsyche, one word, dot com. Uh, that's got uh, like an introductory essay that you might find very useful and other essays and, and videos and so forth, other resources that you might find helpful. Uh, and uh, you can go to, um, th there's the Archetypal View uh, website that Chad Harris runs that has lots of uh, good videos on, in the, uh, on archetypal cosmology, astrology. Uh, you can also uh, track your own transits through um, the, another website that another PCC uh, member of our community alum, uh, Kyle Wymetter, set up uh, with great labor um, called Archetypal Explorer um, that you can check out. These are all really worthwhile um, uh, um, tools that you can use and, uh, you know, get a good reading from, uh, I particularly recommend, you know, uh, astrologers who have a, a good grounding in, in depth psychology, have taken in Jung, taken in Groff, uh, uh, yeah, someone at the Archetypal Prism uh, website is very good there. Um, but anyway, uh, get a good astrological reading. And uh, in addition, um, just uh, keep in mind those, those noble words from um, Friedrich Nietzsche. He said towards the end of his life, um, all pain is hallowed by birth pain. In a sense, all pain is birth pain. And what we're going through are, is the birth labors of, of, of a new of a new world, a new humanity, and a new uh, Earth community. And um, this is the time. I mean, the transits are so potent, they are so lined up, and we, um, it's our time to, to 
rise to the occasion and bring everything that we've been learning over these over these decades. Okay, thank you very much for uh, being with me uh, this evening and um, go forth and uh, take the world to a, to a new place. Thank you for listening to the CIIS Public Programs Podcast. Our talks and conversations are presented live in San Francisco, California. We recognize that our university's building in San Francisco occupies traditional, unceded Ramatush Ohlone lands. If you are interested in learning more about Native lands, languages, and territories, the website native-land.ca is a helpful resource for you to learn about and acknowledge the land where you live. Podcast production is supervised by Kirsten Van Cleef at CIIS Public Programs. Audio production is supervised by Lyle Barrere at Desired Effect. The CIIS Public Programs team includes Kyle DeMedio, Alex Elliott, Emlyn Guinea, Jason MacArthur, and Patty Fork. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe wherever you find podcasts, visit our website, ciis.edu, and connect with us on social media at CIIS Pub Programs. CIIS Public Programs commits to use our in-person and online platforms to uplift the stories and teachings of Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, those in the LGBTQIA community, and all those whose lives emerge from the intersections of multiple identities.